Welcome to Elementor Talks, the podcast that connects marketing, design, and development experts to help you build better websites. Jonathan Dane is the talented founder of ClientBoost, a leading creative digital agency from California specializing in pay-per-click advertising and landing page design and testing. In our podcast, he illustrates the impact of design on conversion rate optimization, explains the breadcrumb theory, and shares how he hires new employees. Welcome to Elementor Talks. I'm Ben, and with me is Matan. Hi, Ben. Today we have the privilege to have a guest who is a top marketer, top uh, CEO of a PPC agency that is very well-known, ClientBoost. Hi, Jonathan Dane. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for, for being here. From our research, I found out you, you're very young, and it's surprising because I've known you for a while now. I've been reading your content, so how, uh, <laughs> how, is, it, how, is, that, how is that possible? Well, I, um, I, I, I'm a half Danish, half American, came over here when I was uh, 21 and wanted to finish my college degree, um, learned about Craigslist and all the opportunity that I had from a marketing perspective, um, and things just kind of snowballed. And so I'm 31 today, have an agency of about 55 people. I don't feel like I'm young anymore. <laughs> I feel like I've been in this game for a little bit now. But, over um, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've just, uh, just been focusing on making progress the whole time. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's where we're at today. So you are part of, you, you are the CEO of, I think, one of the most known PPC agencies. So how did it all start? Well, to begin with, what, what happened was um, I was actually washing and detailing cars on Craigslist. So detailing, meaning like waxing. Um, we live in Southern California, so a lot of people have decently nice cars that they want to keep intact. And what I learned then when I was competing against other people who would wash cars and stuff like that, and this sounds, this sounds kind of crazy, I would look at their ads and I would figure out, well, how can I make mine better? Like they didn't have before or after pictures. Like they didn't show any of the progress that they're doing. It was just all text-based. And, you know, from then, and as I learned about PPC later on, I just had a, a look for, you know, what are other PPC agencies missing and how can I be better? So a big part of it was actually, in my opinion, the design differential and how much we cared about that and how much we cared about having a personality too. And so the foundation of what we've done has all been based off of content. So our goal is to try to scratch as many backs and give as much value as we possibly can. And so that's what we've been focusing on. And that's, I think, how you, know, you learned about us and how we became one of the more well-known agencies pretty quickly too. And, uh, and that's like literally the secret. <laughs> so that's actually how you managed to position yourself apart from other agencies through design? One of them was design, one of them was content. One of the big things that we do that a lot of other agencies don't do is the conversion rate optimization. So the, like the scientific aspect of design and why you design you know, your website or landing pages in the certain ways because you know, we can figure out what to change to make it perform better. And so that was a big part of the equation that I think a lot of agencies were not thinking about and not caring about. And so it kind of led us to find this sweet spot where when a client would come on board and they wouldn't necessarily know how valuable, you know, the scientific design or the conversion optimization would be, we would just offer it as part of our package. And it allowed us to hit goals a lot faster than if we were to only do, you know, pay-per-click marketing for them. 
So, um, so that was a big, big, you know, differentiator early on and, and still is today. So you're, you're, uh, run us by the, the process from the first call you get from client till the time you manage uh, full-time their, their uh, campaigns. Yeah. Um, it starts with most likely like people coming and reading our content. Um, they like what we have to say. They ask for a proposal. Then we have a discovery call. And it's pretty short. We, we learn about them, figure out what their goals are. And then I basically say, hey, to give you um, the most custom proposal you know, possible that's around and focused on your goals, I'm going to have to take a look at your accounts and I'm going to give you the step-by-step of what we would do differently. And then from there, we basically do what we call like an audit. And then we give like the top 10 things that we would do for them at that time. So we, we basically tell them everything we're going to do And then we just have the confidence that they're going to hire us because of, you know, our speed and execution. And that will revolve around ideas on the PPC side and also ideas around the, the landing page or the, the conversion optimization side too. So basically, um, you combine analytics and creativity. And I, I saw that you read that your passion revolves around these two, uh, which is kind of perfect, I have to say. But it's rare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but do you still have any preparation what you prefer to deal with to work with on the creative side on the analytics it's funny because I mean you you need kind of both to be a very dangerous combination in a good way the funny thing is is that most of our big wins and our big learning lessons almost always come from the design side like they always come from the conversion optimization side mm-hmm. um, and the reason why is because you That allows you to increase conversion rates, and when you increase conversion rates, you know your cost per conversion can be reduced, and your conversion volume can be increased and that's that's really tough to do within the world of pay per click alone um simply because you know you can change your bids, you can change your ads but the but the but the actual improvements are so small, but combined they can be a big deal, but again, with the design aspect that we focus on, that's I think where I have the most fun also seeing. where you know the type of traffic can perform differently depending on the design experience that they receive and so uh, that's where that's where the most you know creative outlet is for me and also our design team um, and I think I you know speak for the whole company when I know like that there are our secret um, ammunition that we have when it when it comes to improving performance just in general great so so if we if we delve a bit deeper into this, Uh, for your I would say uh, you know common client, what would you say the biggest wins were or are in terms of uh, copy and uh, and design? So it's funny um, most of the time you know because there's a lot of different parts of, the, of a website or a landing page you mentioned copy, there's layout, there's you know the colors, there's the, um, the, the sections, the hero image and stuff like that. The biggest thing that we found again and again, Is what the call to action is and how it relates to the, to the actual traffic and the intent of that traffic to convert so there's a lot of differences between let's say search traffic with you know compared to display compared to social um, comp- compared to video and within those there's different types of conversion intent as well too um, so again and again and this is this is only because we've you know worked with over 500 companies you know so far in our existence the call to action is paired with the form for example or whatever that may be if you're a SaaS company and you have a funnel or if you're lead gen you go through with e-commerce websites it's a little different because you know there's a complexity of the 
of the, the products and the shopping cart and things like that yeah. too. But it's not so much the copy. It's, it's way more how you position the call to action. Make sure you're matching that to the traffic that the page is getting. And then what we also found is that there's something called the breadcrumb technique um, that we follow too. So imagine your traditional, you know, website-based form, right? You usually have name, email, and phone number. And what you're taught to do is that the, the less the amount of fields you have, the higher your conversion rates will be. You, have you heard this advice before? The less the amount of fields, the higher the conversion? Like, like what do you mean? Ah, fields, form fields. Yeah, like, sure. of course. Exactly, exactly. So what happens in the downside of that is that if you continue to remove your form fields, well, you're left with the ones that you have to keep, which are usually, you know, name, email, and phone number. Yeah. yeah, to get in touch with the person, right? So when a person that comes through your ad or anywhere from email or organic, and they see that your form requires that, and that is their first impression of you, there's a very high likelihood that they're going to leave because they know that they're not going to get an answer to their question because they have to give their contact information for somebody on your side to reach out. So what, what we've learned is, again, something called the breadcrumb technique where you ask these like pre-qualifying anonymous questions in your form fields first. So if it was you guys, for example, or if it was us, let, let's say that um, an easy example would be I'm in I'm in a, a school or I'm a college, for example. Well, I want to know what year that you graduated high school and what you're, you know, what you're interested in, like what degree are you trying to pursue? Right. Is it science? Is it math? Is it and what are the specifics underneath that? Well, if I were you and I would try to improve the performance of my website or landing page, I would ask those questions in the form first. And then on the second step, I would ask for name, email and phone number. And it's something called compliance psychology. And mm -hmm. so when you start something, you're more likely to continue to finish it. And so it's a lot easier for them to ask of that small request while they're still anonymous. To go through that and now again they're kind of hooked after that happens at a, at a higher rate than a, than a single page form when you have a new landing page to design do you have any framework uh, to-do list that you follow yeah so we have um, everything connected to our CRM and then we basically have automatic emails that, that send out um, and then we also have task reminders to call people after that too so you know speed is of the essence when we get somebody call, knocking on our door and so we try to get a hold of them very, very quickly. So what are the biggest challenges that uh, your clients face? I mean, uh, Facebook ads are and Google ads are becoming more and more expensive. So how can, uh, you know, mm -hmm. clients or um, people who run agencies, how can they deal with this yeah. price increase? It's a great thing, honestly, because it shows that all advertisers are getting smarter. Um, most of the reasons for why the increases in price are happening is because competitors are willing to pay more. And if the competitors are willing to pay more, it's usually because they've been able to either increase their conversion rates or improve their sales process to have a higher closing rate or just better retention of their product. It doesn't really matter, right? So mm -hmm. as a marketer, you can't like continue to think that you can just adjust ads or find new audiences or new keywords to target, it has to be completely holistic, meaning you have to think of ways that you can improve your product, improve your retention, improve your closing or your sales rate. If you're you know, a SaaS company, you get trials or demos. Well, you know, how many stick around after that happens? And the same thing with your, with your landing page or website. Like you have to think of 
how do I increase the conversion rate so I'm more effective? Because as soon as you go from right to left, meaning you're focusing on increasing sales, then conversion rates, and then traffic, you're already going to be ahead of many of your competitors where the concern isn't any more like how much it costs for a click. It's going to be more like, well, what is the true cost per sale that I have? And so many people that we talk to before they work with us don't do that, which is mind boggling, right? Like they focus left to right. They think of the traffic first. Then if they have time and effort and resources, they'll think of the conversion rates and then hardly ever will they think of how they improve their, you know, sales cycle or how to speed that up sometimes. Now, if you have resources and you're a smart company, like those things are always in motion. Um, and that's one of the reasons why when you have like that closed feedback loop that this audience or this placement or this keyword that you're targeting on the PVC side actually closed and actually had this revenue generated for you. Well, now you're going to move into an area where you're not going to treat all traffic the same. Like you're not going to have a, the same you know, cost per acquisition goal for everything, you're going to figure out that certain types of traffic you can afford to pay more for and what other ones that have a, like a, you know, a worse ROI for you, you're going to pay less for. And, yeah, you yeah. know, people in general love to hear that and they may, it makes a ton of logical sense, but the actual execution of that is very hard to find. This is something that resonates with our previous uh, guest from last week where we talked about focusing on the bottom of the funnel instead of the top of the funnel so you get a, I mean first to get a proven uh, way to convert and only then increase your your top uh, funnel right yeah yeah it'll, it'll make it a lot easier for yourself and and my thinking is if you had the time and resources work on all parts of that funnel you know because because they're all going to have compounding improvements for you and they're going to be you know performing really well if you do it correctly Um, which leads us to another uh, question. Many of our clients, many of our customers, Elementor, are uh, web professionals or small agencies. Would you recommend them to invest in paid campaigns? Which is um, competitive. So if you, yeah, I don't know. Great question. So it's funny. It, it sounds very ironic because we're a paid agency, right? And, um, but the interesting thing for us is that we've invested it and still do very heavily in our brand, very heavily in our content. I care more about creating evergreen value first because as soon as you shut off those PPC campaigns, you know, nothing is going to continue to give you any value. Um, you, you can't really say that for your blog. You can't say that for your videos and things like that too. So if it was me and I would start fresh again, I would do the exact same thing that I started from with day one because we are now sitting on this snowball You know that keeps getting bigger and bigger for every blog post we publish, and you can't say that with you know you be paid. I think it's smart. I think you can do like remarketing to begin with if you're getting started. That's a good idea, but I, I treat it as you know people who are running off to the next deal because they got to talk to their network or they got to ask for referrals. You know one, it's super, super taxing to do that yourself if you're the owner of the business because you don't want to be focusing on sales forever. You want to be able to scale that and give that to somebody else, but they can't talk to your network because you're not, they're not you, right? So if I were to be anything um, and come with a recommendation, I would say invest in your own content because it's the only thing I think as things get more and more competitive that's going to separate you from everybody else. So that's just my, my two cents. It's, it's funny too. It's ironic because you run a PPC agency and uh, that's not the, the obvious <laughs> answer. <laughs> so it's exactly exactly speaking of your agency 
How do you hire new employees? Are, you, are your choices based on the candidate's experiences, degrees, the potential you see in him, if he's young or her? Oh, hair, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, great question. We, we used to do, I used to do it horribly. I would, I would meet with people and I'd be like, hey, I like you. And, uh, and you know, if I think I'm, you're likable, well, your soft skills are already taken care of, meaning like, you know, you can carry a conversation, you can get clients like you. I can teach you all the technical skills. I can teach you all the hard skills. So based off my gut, like I would be meeting with a person for five minutes and be like, I'm going to, you're hired. <laughs> and the yeah. problem with that was that I figured out, you know, later down the road, like, Hey, they might not be that invested in learning about, you know, pay-per-click marketing or interested in it. So since then, what we've done is we actually did a benchmark across all of our best uh, people that we have on the team. And we figured out like their key things that drive them, that motivate them. And this is like a personality assessment that was like pretty, it was like $300 a person. And it kind of labeled like what was important to them. And so when we then talk to new people that we want to hire, and we know that they have, you know, a certain level minimum of experience, we then say, okay, cool. Next thing we're going to do is we're going to send you a link. That link has an assessment, a quiz. Please take it. We're going to send you the results. And then every time that we do that, we pay another you know, $300 for it. But what we found again and again, uh, they're called XQ, by the way. XQ is, uh, is an agency over here in Southern California that we've met with a couple times. And um, like every person that we've hired that falls in within our score range that we're looking for, which is zero to 100, it never fails. Like we get great people now and we don't waste a ton of time having to like, you know, hire, train, then let go or like they quit, like that can happen too. So um, since then, it's been, it's been very, very helpful. That's great. Coming back to the, the idea of, of design, uh, it seems like you kind of share our own vision here at Elementor, where we see this convergence of uh, needs of the marketer and needs of uh, designer. Their need is for uh, yeah. you know, the, the, a slice of, of both pies. So right. can you elaborate like, what's your perspective on how the tube Because it used to be very different. You go into those marketer sites, they looked like marketer sites. You know, some of them still do. <laughs> yeah. And yours don't, by the way. So. Yeah. Well, I think, so here, here's the biggest thing that I think for the evolution of a designer. And again, I'm not a designer, so I can't speak for everybody. But I think that what makes our designers so valuable is that they can explain the why. Why are you designing the way you're designing, right? And most designers, they kind of say, well, I think it looks great. It's up to standard with like the latest best practices of what's popular. Um, I'm going to send this design to my client. They're going to come with their opinion. We're going to go back and forth. And they're really, they're not going to be that good at telling me, you know, what they envision. And so I just keep wasting all my time sending these revisions back and forth. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is, is that one, you're kind of like allowing subjectivity to step into your world. For us, when we have new clients, and I think this is important, so, so stick with me. When we bring on new clients, we have them sign an expectations agreement because we can prove that the way we design has a purpose. And it's backed by research, either quantitative data, which is measured in numbers, or qualitative data, which is measured in research like feedback and polls and surveys that we're giving users to that are telling us, you know, like usability testing, why, you know, this versus that. And so when we showcase that and when we actually give that to our client, they kind of back away and they're like, whoa, 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 whatever you guys do, do it. I'm going to step out of the kitchen. I don't have any, you know, recommendations or anything like that. And so that's the way that we set things up before we even start working with the client. And it speeds things up so, so much. 
Um, and because we are now designers that are backed by data and by facts, there's no more concern about you know spending or wasting time. And the other great thing, because most designers, what I've seen and heard from, is that they are project-based, you know, either freelancers or they actually have agency, but they have like this design that they have to go out, which could be a quote around a new website or new landing pages or banner ads or whatever it may be. And the problem is, is that when it's per project, you have to go chase the next project, right? And that's mm-hmm. tiring. So yeah. if you can prove that what you know and why you design has an impact and it can further be improved after you designed it the first time, well, now you move into a world where you can easily charge for retainers and you get the same monthly income again and again every single month. And so I think from a design perspective, when you know they're really, really amazing and clever at the visualization, it helps them so much because they can actually showcase it like, hey, my design actually made you more money, uh, where I think a lot of designers don't know how to answer that. And that's based on your, your own data alone, on your business data alone, or you research other, uh, you know, other resources? Well, for, for ourselves, for our design work, because we have some clients that only pay us for you know, landing page design and we don't do the pay-per-click marketing for them. Um, mm-hmm. it's, the same, it's the same setup. Like we basically say, hey, we're going to be the chefs in the kitchen. You're going to get out of the kitchen <laughs> and we're going to give you, you know, like the, the, the taste test, the samples as we go along. Uh, and, um, and we're going to prove to you that, you know, we're going to perform a lot better than what you already have. Um, and so it's all, it's all rooted in like the, the science aspect of it. And I think if designers can embrace that and have, you know, the creativity slash the analytics and data, they become this very, very, you know, awesome high value combo and already sets themselves apart from a lot of other designers that don't do that. Definitely. You know, we have in the podcast uh, guests, I would say, from two worlds, either WordPress or influencers like yourself, marketers or designers. I'm interested to, yeah. to, uh, to understand how you view WordPress, like p- people from outside the community, how, how you uh, look at it, if you, if you use it, and uh, what's your perspective on, on WordPress, its growth? Now it's 33% of the internet. I, yeah. I'm a big fan of WordPress. Like we literally have three other websites that we're creating like this coming month here in February and they're all going to be on WordPress. And I don't know a lot of other options, but I just know the success of what we've had with client boost from our content and our organic reach and things like that. It's all built on WordPress. So I'm not super technical about it, but I know what I'm seeing right in front of myself and I want to keep using it. And so I'm not, I'm not going to be the one saying... Well, most of the time they already are set up for when they come to us, they're already set up on a, on a CMS, right? They're already set up on a platform that they're using. And the interesting thing is that when we're doing landing page testing, it's either on their website or it's on a landing page builder that's separate. So it doesn't really matter to us. But, um, but I think from a, from a content perspective, you know, it's been very, very helpful for us. I'll definitely hook you up to Elementor. <laughs> I want you. I want okay. your feedback. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the plan. Sounds good. So any no, no, us, you're good. It's your, it's your podcast. <laughs> I, I'm a, I was a salesman. What can I say uh, in my youth? Uh, <laughs> so what, uh, what are the last tips you can share with uh, our, our uh, viewers now in terms of conversion optimization? And, you know, yeah. some of them are starting out. So what are, what are the, your tips? Um, I, I, the thing that's been the most value for us is, is think of yourself as, um, as somebody who's always trying to figure out what's wrong with your own business. Like, how are you, what we call auditing, 
um, how are you always trying to make things better and how are you trying to make progress? Well, one thing that um, in my college career, you know, coming from Denmark over to the U.S., I think I ignored everything that I learned in school because it was just a lot of waste of time, in my opinion. But there was one professor that I still have the note on my phone, like from when I actually took his class. And he says, success is the realization and the progress towards a worthy goal. And it doesn't matter what you're making a month, but what really matters is that you feel like you're always making progress. So that's my biggest thing is audit what you're doing. Is there a way to do it better, easier, faster, quicker? And from that, you kind of get this mindset like, wow, I'm going to have the confidence to continue to build this greater and greater. Because when I started, I did not have the answers. You know, right now we're sitting at $600,000 in monthly reoccurring revenue um, in a little over three years that we've done this. And I think there's a lot more we can do, but it's only because of that mindset of like trying to always get better. And you actually have to believe that too. So that's the biggest nugget I can, I can pass along. That's great. I think uh, it's the right strategy. And it, it's also more fun than just, you know, following gurus, just finding out uh, and working <laughs> with your own curiosity. And uh, I like that yeah. style. And it, it, it certainly reflects, uh, it, it's reflecting in your content and, and blog and, and uh, how you, your branding uh, has been set. I appreciate it. We try. So how can people uh, get hooked on your content? How can they uh, follow you and uh, learn more? Well, go to our website. It's, it's Client Boost with a K. Um, you can obviously follow me on Twitter if you'd like, um, Jonathan Dane, or follow me on LinkedIn as well. We are coming out with a ton of new stuff. We're actually coming out with our own software. It's going to be called Kite. It's going to be your little assistant. And we're also coming out with some other agencies. One's been called uh, Growth Comet, and the other one's going to be called Honey Glue, and, uh, which is what I was saying, like we're building <laughs> quite a few websites. So plenty of new content to come with different angles. So, uh, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Great, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure talking to you and uh, I hope we can continue this conversation in the near future. And uh, yeah, until yeah. next time. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.